How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Without any further ado, I reckon let's do it. Should we head up north and should we talk cricket? Because yeah. live on SCNZ tomorrow night, oh, Jeremy Coney, Adam Collins, the team, the absolute team, Macca, it's going to be excellent listening on SCNZ. And our man, Baz, we're going up against him, head to head. <laughs> let's go catch up with Baz McCullum. S-E-N-Z The Black Caps' first yeah. test against A new look England side gets underway on Thursday night Where you'll hear live commentary of the match on S-E-N-Z While a lot of English players you will know Let's be honest, the biggest change is at the top With someone you know very well The new big boss of English test cricket Baz, the boss McCullum we call him now Will team up with Ben Stokes In a new era for the game in the UK And our mate Baz is on the line now G'day, Bez. How are you, brother? Yes, boys. Very good morning. How are you? Yeah, we're up bright and early, mate. Um, how's the nerves, mate? How's the build-up been while you've been back in the UK and building up to this most anticipated test match? Oh, I'm pretty excited, to be honest. It's um, yeah, It's been really cool the last couple of days, just sort of getting to know all the, uh, all the boys on the English side and sort of working pretty closely with... Um, with Ben Stokes as well, who's obviously captain and, you know, the captain-coach relationship in cricket is so so important. So, yeah, it's been really cool. Um, we've been dodging the rain a little bit, to be honest. It's uh, <laughs> It's been a little bit murky over here. Everyone said, yeah, come to England. It'll be awesome in the summer. You'll have a great time. The sun's out. The beers are cold. You know, like, cricket's good. Mate, it's just rain the whole time. <laughs> so just sort of trying to dodge that. <laughs> Trying to dodge that for a little bit, but no, it's good. Really exciting. We stay in the same hotel as uh, the Kiwi boys, um, so that's been kind of cool just catching up with a couple of them as well. And Yeah, really excited about the series. It should be a cracker. Mate, can't wait. Tomorrow night, live here on SCNZ, brother. Um, but how's the interactions, the connections with all the, the English players? You've got Ben Stokes leading the side for the first time. Uh, you've got you know the, the players that have been around, Brody, uh, Anderson, how, how's the connections been with, with you and the boys? Yeah, it's been good. Um, obviously, I played against, um, you know, the, the more experienced guys, Stokes and Broad and Anderson and, yeah. and Root and those boys. I spent a lot of time playing against them. So I knew, I, I kind of know them. And um, it's different when you're, you're on the inside of the camp and, and you're actually trying to work for them and, and work with them than uh, play against them. So it's been it's been quite cool, um, and then trying to obviously get to know some of the younger talent that we've got amongst the side. But 
Yeah, it's been it's been a really good experience the last couple of days. It's obviously a little bit apprehensive at the start, just trying to break down a couple of barriers, and you know, my style of leadership can take a little bit of time um, as well. But the guys have been really receptive and certainly made me feel welcome. And had a game of golf yesterday, which was funny. Funny when you're sort of in a competitive sporting environment when you go and you break down a few barriers when you go and have a casual game of golf. And and I played with. Uh, with Joe Root and Craig Overton and, and Jeetan Patel, who's obviously a Kiwi as well, and just getting to spend a bit of time with those guys, and there was a few others playing in front and behind, and it was it was really cool, and you know, I'm looking forward to being able to help these guys out. Hey, Baz, so how do you beat the greatest team in the world, the Black Caps? <laughs> Great question. Great question, Kempi. Um <laughs> I've got a couple of ideas, which I'm certainly not going to, you know, like, like, <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, let's see. Let's see. That's all I can say. But I think, look, I have so much respect for the Kiwi boys. I really do. Um, obviously, I've spent a, a best part of my 15 years of my life committed to the New Zealand cricket um, black cap. And um, I'm very proud of my heritage and I'm incredibly patriotic as well. And, and I've been asked many times how it's going to feel to coach against New Zealand. And it's not, it's not going to be easy. I'd be lying if I... If I said it was, but um, I've also got a job to do, you know, um, and I look forward to to doing that job. And the way I look at it is the whole game around the world needs to um, become, well, it needs to keep getting better. And, yeah. and you know, my job is to try and make England better. If it means we we have to beat um, New Zealand along the, along the way, then so be it. The good thing about the New Zealand side is we know that they will play well. So for us to beat them means that we've got to have to play really well. And I think that's exciting for the sport. Well, we had, we had uh, punter yesterday, Baz, he said, as long as you don't sing the English national anthem, you're welcome to sing the New Zealand one, OK? <laughs> <laughs> what punter was that? Who oh, was that? Uh, mate, Just someone on the text line. Someone on the text line, mate, said, you know, they're looking forward to the national anthem. Are you going to sing God Saves the Queen? Oh, we're all in the Commonwealth, my son. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fez, love it, love it. Hey, you spoke about the weather before. You spoke about the weather. It's obviously uh, rainy, but overcast. So, Tim, one of our listeners, wants to know about the weather. Could play a part in the first test. So how would how would that uh, kind of change up the situation with the, you know, leading into the test selections, spin bowling, spin, uh, seam bowlers and, and things like that? Well, as I say, everyone said to me, come on over to England, it'd be great, the English summer, you know, pints in the sun on the corner street, turned up here, they haven't seen the sun since I've arrived, so it's been bleak, but look, I'm sure that the uh, the ground staff here know what they're doing, and we'll get a good surface, and it'll be competitive for both sides. Bang, bears. All right, mate, we're going to let you go and, and get you back into it. I think you got dinner tonight with the boss, have you? Yeah, he's sitting next to me actually listening, so careful what you say. Don't give away all my secrets. Oh, now I, now I know why you, you answer so responsibly, mate. Yeah, I say. Oh. Hey, no, I know that we've got the news coming up back there as well, and you've got the, you've got to keep the trains running. We need some headlines, mate. Yeah, great to talk to the great to talk to the English coach. That's that's probably never ever happened before on radio. Hey, Baz, but there's I've got one question to barter, mate. Saturday, Wanganui, big race oh. up against the champ. Just ask me, how are you going to go? <laughs> uh, well, I haven't seen the draw yet. What are we drawing? Oh, you've drawn the car park. 
Uh, we like to just run off the speed occasionally, you know, just sort of. Oh, let, you'll be well off the speed. Cut your own throats up front, so to speak, and then we'll we'll just be powering home, getting over the top of your late. Oh, okay. Yep. I'll just hopefully. No, good luck, hopefully we'll see. Yeah, hopefully your pundit's not like our mate over here, is he? <laughs> oh, it's been a tough old couple of weeks, Bezer. Anyway, go well, brother. Don't be a moron, get more on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go well, brother. Appreciate you coming on. We'll get you on throughout the series, brother. Right. Later, brother. Later, boys. S-E-N-Z. Baz, yeah. out of the UK. A little bit of a different Baz, is he? Yeah, well, he's... I said, mate, what are you up to? He had it, didn't he? He said, yeah, I'm sitting next to Rob Key. So he was under lock and key, like you said, can be right next to the boss. And he was giggling. Do you hear him giggling in the background? Rob Key was giggling in the background. He was listening to every word, mate. What's he saying? Look, look, yeah, it is a different Baz. And this is a huge assignment. You can expect, like... It's not under supervision for interviews, No, 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 no. But (laughs) I I just feel like, you know, this is a huge leap of, you know, a huge leap for him. Massive, hugely into the most you know prestigious, criticised job in world cricket. Yeah, you know, and he's up against his black caps. They're staying in the same hotel. So what does he do? Does he put the coach hat on, or does he put the players? He's only just recently retired, so he's trying to get that balance, mate. It's um, he was a different Bears interview for sure, but just great to have that opportunity to be able to connect with. The English cricket coach before they take the black caps on. So we appreciate him coming huge. on the show and, and giving us his time. But a huge series coming up tomorrow. Kimpy, do you think that there was an underlying confidence about Bears there? Um, you know, I, I, we're, not, we're not speaking of Bears. It always astounds me. Like he just, it's, a, it's like just having a cup of tea with him. Mm. Like I would have expected him to be a little bit more hype. You know, around nervous whoa, energy. Mate, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, we've got this going on. And, but he's just giggling away, talking about Tabata. You know, went for a game of golf. You know, it's really, what I did like, it's really important between the coach and the captain. Mm. And there was a photo circling yesterday with his hand um, over the captain. You know, ben like Stokes, yeah, ben yeah. Stokes, his hand was over him, like, like bringing him underneath his, his shelter. You know, like, this is us, mate, we're going to do this. So, Mate, I've got a funny feeling that that Baz in his first test is going to go really well. Oh, yeah, same. I've got a funny bit. Like, as a coach, you don't want to have edge all week. And for him, he has a great balance and just a great demeanour about him, a presence that just makes you relax and calm. But when he speaks, you listen. And when he demands excellence and demands performance... You listen and you, you you react to that and you adapt to what he's about to do. So, look, yeah, I've got a little bit of nerves and, and that's his biggest asset is he's able to inspire. And um, tomorrow, when they uh, when they get to the, closer to the game, that's when he'll turn the, the switch up and he'll start turning the knob, getting Correct. closer and closer, and then he'll just start to get those, those players into the right mindset. You know what Baz always speaks about, that's whip and carrot, and knowing to when to use the whip and knowing when to dangle mm-hmm. the carrot to players, and, and he has often said that on um, formerly Baz and for breakfast, now is he in Kempe for mm-hmm. breakfast, and that same principle, and everything he used to speak about with us, that's what he'll be doing. We know what Baz will be doing, and we know how he'll be playing it. It'll be interesting, yeah, like it, he had a little comment in there, eh, just they're re- receptive to what he's about. You know, like he's got a different style, something that probably... Very un-English. Un-English. Un-English for sure. And the media, they'll be trying to get their little snippets into the into the back room, see what's going on, mate. He's got a different approach. And it uh, sounds like mm. they're very receptive, And but it's taken a bit of time. And he's only had a short amount of time. Whether they're going to react and adapt, we'll soon see. Yeah. 0800 150 811. 
you just listen to Baz. You know that the Black Caps are unlikely. Trent Bolt hasn't been ruled out, but it is pretty unlikely that Trent Bolt will play. It's unlikely Henry Nichols will be playing. After listening to Baz, how are you feeling about this test? I'll let you know what the bookies are thinking. $2.18 head-to-head England, $3 New Zealand, World Test Champions, away from home, but in conditions we succeed in. The draw at $3.30. Great question about the weather from... From Baz, yeah. Yeah, um, great question there about the weather because the draw obviously always comes into play with it when you're talking the weather, but there should be plenty of poles going flying. $2.18 to $3. 0800 150 How are you feeling about this series? How are you feeling about the Black Caps over there? We've got a bit of Tim Southey here. He's come from the IPL. He is going to be influential. We know how well Tim knows Baz. We know how well Tim knows the men on his side. This is what Tim Southey said a couple of days out from the game. Um, yeah, I think any time we play England, we know we're in for a, a, a great series. We we really enjoy playing against England. Um, we get on very well with, with the English, and um, but the series always... Hard fought and um, and just just great series to be a part of. As a, a swing bowler, um, watching Jimmy over the years and uh, admiring what he does, um, especially in these conditions, has been great to watch. And it's always it's always great to come up and play against um, against Brodie and, and Anderson as well. And um, I think they're they're showing that um, although Brodie's a, a few years younger than, than Jimmy, that, that age is only a number. I think guys look after themselves uh, a hell of a lot better than what they used to. Um, and I think you'll see guys play. Until until they're they're a lot older as well. Um, if you feel you can push for a win, then I think you'll see sides um, doing that because of the incentive to try and try and walk away with as many points as you can. Um, so yeah, I guess it's added that that little bit extra around around matches. And if there is a, a sniff of winning the match, then I think you'll probably see sides probably make that decision to to have a go and, and try and um, try and get maximum points. Yeah, they want to win, is he? Dangle the carrot, bears. Dangle the <laughs> carrot. Let's see some fireworks, mate. It's just hearing Tim Southey, he's right, mate. You think of the Test Series, the ODIs, the T20 Series, they've all come down to the wire. They've been an exciting watch, mate, and it's just, oh, this is just building up to be absolute cracker. Best thing about it? SCNZ. Live here on SCNZ, <laughs> eh? It's time for the great selection. It's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23. Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23, 14 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Listen very closely. We are 23 shows away from the first All Black test. With stakes at an all-time high and the All Blacks form at a dangerous low, this year's first All Black selection could not be more crucial. 18 tests is all that stands between the All Blacks and the Rugby World Cup. Whoever they pick against the Irish is a clear indication as to who Schmidt, Foster and co. think can win the Webb Alice Cup again. That's why Izzy and Kempe for breakfast needs your help for the great selection, our All Blacks 23. Every day until the All Blacks first test, Izzy and Kempe will ask you for your first selection for your selection for one position at a time. 1 to 23, and eventually we will have SENZ's official All Blacks 23. Mm. Head to SENZ underscore radio on Instagram or text us double eight double three each day to vote. And here's how we'll do it. The player with the most suggestions takes the jumper. And hopefully we'll have this nailed down. Izzy, it's a big job. It's a big job. And we're starting with the big men up front, aren't we? We're starting at the front row, which is... 
Wow, there's there's a lot of options. And uh, look, if you haven't listened to Ian Foster's podcast on the All Blacks channel, go have a listen to that and you kind of get a real inkling of what they're trying to play in the style. And we spoke about it earlier, Kempe, you know, they need to be strong, they need to be really aggressive through that attack, attack area. But he actually spoke about mobility passing, skill sets, simple basics. So we need our props and our boys up front. We need them to do their core roles well, which is scrum and line out, but we also need them to be skillful and mobile. So the reason I've gone with this player is he has all of the above. Before we dish out our players, can I just give everyone a bit of context? Because if you're like me and you love rugby, but you do not have a clue about the dark arts that goes on in the front row, you might even be wondering who we've got to choose from. And look, the pool is wide open. You can pick anyone. The mm. person with the most votes fills the fills the jumper. So double eight, double three. Here's a bit of context. The end of year All Black squad last year. I'm going to give you all of the props. So we had George Bauer, Ethan DeGroote, Nipo Laulala, uh, Tyrell Lomax, Joe Moody. Angus Ta'aval, Carl Tuanukuafi, and Offa Tuangafasi. Now, of that group, Joe Moody is injured. Mm-hmm. He is out. Uh, and some of them are naturally tight heads. So we're looking at Ethan DeGroote, Carl Tuanukuafi, George Bauer, Aidan Ross, who was added to that group, and Offa Tuangafasi can play both sides of the scrum, can he? He can. He can play both. Uh, so I've taken him out of the equation. Um, I feel like he's going to play tight head. So we started with our loose head. I've gone with George Bauer. I think this year he has taken that role to another level. You watch his, his game with the Crusaders. He's very good in the front in the in the scrum era, good in the lineout, but he's mobile. He's very mobile around the park, and that is what they're trying to, to build on from Ian Foster's <clears throat> comments. So I've gone with George Bauer. I think he's the the viable option for, for the number one jersey loose head prop. Yeah, look, I think you need I need you need to strengthen the middle and the crash and the mm. and the real aggressiveness. I've gone with uh, Paul Gallon. <laughs> 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 oh, I should have known Paul it. Paul Gallon. Oh, I should the have big man. known it. Um, Brenton's come through straight away, and no vote is discounted. So Paul Gallon yeah. goes, if somehow Paul... No, I'm not going to let you ruin our poll, Kempe. Um <laughs> Brenton, offer. Hands down, offer. Okay, interesting. So, And he's right, because offer needs to be there. <clears throat> he he needs to be there. Whether that's loose head... And then who throws in the mix on the tie here? You've got Tyrell. We're going to cover that shortly. But if he, if George Bauer can maintain his form, I'm predicting him to stay in that one loosey position and then offer to play on the tight head. Look, it's, a, it's a good cover. Mm. You know, like you're saying, Bauer options. and Offer in the, in the, the uh, loose head. You know, big Tyrell. Mate, I think that is Tyrell's, difficult to do yeah. both. Oh, difficult. A, a you speci- talk to White Crocker, mate, yep. special, like different, you know, you think you're just going. So it's completely different shoulders, right? Yeah, different shoulders, different technique, body, like angles, everything's just out of sync. So if you've got someone that can cover both, mate, that just doubles your worth. Yep, 100% it does, is he? Um, Ethan DeGroote has had a huge year. He's been playing really, really well. Mm. Uh, so Ethan DeGroote, of course, Kaltua Nukuafi, he's not far, he's about to head off. No, nah, I don't see Carl. You don't see Carl? No, nah, I don't see them picking Carl. He's been a great servant and a great story, but he's made a decision to go to France. I'm, I'm predicting that they're going to move on and, and try and build for the future. This is time to look next year. Carl's gone. Continuity. I hear what you're saying. You, then, and that's why the selection mm. is the great selection, because 18 tests. Who you pick, and this is why it's such a big job, 
who you pick will likely give you an indication as to who is going to be in that World Cup squad. We're starting with Lucid every day, every show until the first test against Ireland. We will go 1 to 23. Izzy and Kempe's great selection. Who is your number one? Lucid. Who is it? Ethan DeGroote, George Bauer, is it Aidan Ross, who's been playing good footy for the Chiefs as well? Double eight, double three. Every vote gets counted. And then head to the Instagram page as well, and you can nominate whoever you want, and it's the person with the most votes. Tomorrow's is going to be juicy. Hooker. Isaac Luke. (laughs) 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 Mate, there's a couple here that you're like, wow. Where do we go? So we've started with a hiss and a roll. I've gone George Bauer. A few Texas coming through with Ethan DeGroote. Good shout from from them as well. He's showing signs of of really pushing forward. Like just haven't really seen him have enough time in the starting position. Like he's position upside though. Who's the very, best? Who's the best good. you've seen? Is he like in that in that loose position? Who's the best front row? You just gone, man. I would hate to be locked down Wilcock, with him, mate. Tony Wilcock, right? yep. just an absolute tank. Tank, mate, just so good, so strong, powerful, but also can nail his roles and and very, yeah, just Tony Woodcock, hands down. There you go. Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23, the great selection. We are underway. Every day you can vote on the SCNZ underscore radio Instagram page or double eight, double three. Keep your messages rolling and hookers tomorrow. Get your thinking caps on. Speaking of Leith, Kempe, he's waiting for us, brother. Yeah, look, we covered it in depth on Monday, but it's a career that deserves more than that, boys. Leith Innes announced his retirement. The whip drop on Saturday after stealing the Group 1 Queensland derby with a ride. Every jockey dreams of pulling off. What a ride, mate, up the inside and got it home. Pinarello mm. was his 31st Group 1 in a career littered with highlights. We're going to talk about those today. Got Lethal on the line now, mate. Lethal, first question. How many beers and pies have you had since Saturday night? <laughs> um, I, I can't say I've had a pie yet, but there has been quite a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> mate, dropping the mic. Retirement. Just mate, was it was it always the plan? Mm. Did Jess know? Did did the Lindsays know? Did well, we didn't know. How did it come about? You just you've just that's it. You're done. Oh look, Kempi, um Probably after I went on Aegon, I sort of had a pretty quiet night that night and came home with Jess, and I was just sitting there on the deck, and uh, I said, I think I might call it quits. And it didn't really go down very good at the time. So um, I had a thought about it. And look, I, I had some good rides coming up at Auckland for the derby and whatnot. And I thought, I'll just get to the end of the derby and see what happens. And, um, you know, COVID was sort of a bit off and on and had to relocate to Cambridge for a bit. And just got a bit sick of it, really. You know, like the tracks are a little bit inadequate and the race in New Zealand's not really taken off. And then... Sort of just on Friday, done on the form, and I was pretty pumped for the race on Saturday, and I just had a bet with myself. If I, if I win today, I'm, that's going to be it. Mate, it's uh, Leith, it's Izzy here. It's been a few days, mate. Um, tell us about the last couple of days. A few huge weight off your shoulders, you feel now? You're nice and relaxed and, and at peace with yeah, your decision? Yeah, no, hey, you know what it's, what it's like. You sort of, um, once it's done, you just sort of a bit re- you know, you, you're just so happy you've, you've done it, you know, and, and mm. everyone supported you. Um, so, no, it's, it's been pretty good. Hey, what about the reaction from, from your fellow jockeys, mate? Back in the jockey room, you had Opie, you had J-Mac, uh, you know, what, what were they saying? What was their reactions? Yeah, well, I just uh, emptied my bag and I said to, like, 2 plus 3 was there and Opie, I said, just take out whatever you want, you know? And they were like, <laughs> what, what do you mean? And I said, 
Nah, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> and yeah, they 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 just like Opie was giving me. He was pretty happy. I was sitting next to him, so uh, it was pretty cool to go out. You've got one of your best mates here next to you, and then Macker and Kiwi come around, and they couldn't believe it. So it, it, it worked out pretty good. Oh, good man, Leith. It's uh, yeah, Opie's probably. Uh, full of envy at the moment, no, knowing that uh, he doesn't have to worry about you. Well, you don't have to worry about being sitting in a sauna for the rest of your life. Mate, just, <laughs> you've got a lot of people behind you, um, Leith, over the years, Butch Castles and, and, and all the trainers. Mate, what's your highlight just dealing with those type of people? Oh, it's probably winning for the on a horse that you just, no one else could win on it. You know, like if you can get a horse home and it's, you got to give it a decent ride if it's, if it's sort of out of its grade or it's not quite good. It sort of gives you a bit more pleasure. Um, winning those better races where you know that you've done your best and probably not many others could have ridden it the same that you've won on it. Leith, there's a couple um, that jumped to mind over the last couple of years. Obviously, Aegon and down in Christchurch and the Guineas. And actually, let's talk Pinarello because it's not like he was out of his grade or anything. He was, it was just the draw. And we spoke the day before, and you could kind of hear it in your voice. You, you'd done the form. You knew it was going to, if you got it done, it was going to be something special. How much of it was instinct versus plan? Because you obviously got him out of the gates and you made the decision to go forward. But then when you saw the gap and you could got him one off, was that just like your whole career culminating in that instinct and knowing when to drop it and, and kind of hit the rail? Is that is that how it happened? Yeah, well, you just sort of, hey, you, you always have a plan, but then, as soon as the gates open, that plane can go out the window pretty quick. <laughs> so you just got to ride on instinct sometimes and, you know, not worry about you following a slow one or, you know. The only part, I was I was, I was a bit frightened at the 1,000 metres to get boxed in. Um, so I, it made me run pretty early on him. But, hey, the horse was happy and he was nice and relaxed and just um, lucky that post come up when it when I needed it. Oh, it was a beautiful ride, mate. I must say, I was watching Dark Destroyer because I had a wee bit on it, and then I just seen these bumblebee <laughs> colours coming over the top, and I was like, oh, and I was like, no, but then I was like, yes, we did this. <laughs> well done, well done. Kiwi Connections, everyone be happy, mate. But for you, a career highlight, is there one moment that just really stands out oh, and you can just get, you still get goosebumps? It, it, it was pretty hard to go past that day to this year, you know, because mm. I just knew straight as soon as I got to past the post that I was finished, I was done, you know. And um, hey, I, I didn't have to knock anyone over or anything in the race. Comfortable knowing that you weren't going to go out on a holiday either or, or a big fine coming your way. Hey, Leith, what's next? Like, you know, we were talking to Jesse, you know, you've got the, the festival carts going around, and, and is there anything else in your mind, like in the, in the racing game, maybe? Oh, I. She's got a pretty big list, actually. Um, there's quite a bit on the list, and I haven't really achieved much to date. Um, but I just, um, I'm just going to take a month off and um, just be a dad, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just went to um, Jets rugby yesterday, so it was quite good. And look, um, obviously, the kids haven't got sport this week, but because um, of the holiday on on Monday. But um, hey, it's going to be great being able to go and do something on a Saturday than sitting in a hot bath. Oh man, uh, Jess made the comment. I think the kids will enjoy Friday nights a bit more. <laughs> get a bit, get a bit. Yeah, yeah, they, they might do. I don't, I don't know. She, she overreacts sometimes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it seems a little bit one-sided sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, none of that now. It's a level playing field. Hey, you made the comment. You didn't have to knock anyone over. We don't, we don't want to 
fire too many shots or you might want to. It's up to you. Like, how safe do you feel riding at the moment at your age? What are you, 44 in New Zealand, say midweek meetings where there are lots of inexperienced jockeys through winter, lots of the senior jockeys, or they either have finished up, like Danielle Johnson, or they're not riding, they're taking a break over winter. How safe do you guys feel out there? And, and do you think there is an issue with the standard of riding in our ranks? Yeah, well, you, you certainly um, feel a lot safer riding in those bigger races in Australia because you're riding against you know, top-class jockeys and they all know where they're going. Um, it can be a little bit daunting in New Zealand where you've you've got to, you've, you know there's some good up and coming riders, but um, they they it, it doesn't seem to be a lot coming through. Mm. Um, it, it's a little bit of a concern for New Zealand racing, I, I think. Um, I don't know where they're going to get them from. Um, it, it, yeah, there's a bit of a question mark. Uh, there's a lot we have a chat on the show about intellectual property and IP trying to retain them. Back in the game, Kempi touches on it all the time. Does that something that maybe you could head towards, like Lethinus being uh, pathways, maybe helping these young jockeys get to the level so they can maintain safety, they can main, have a have a maybe a great potential future like you've just had. Is that something that could potentially? Yeah, hey, you? Hey, in the North Island, we've got Noel Harris, and he's one of the best riders I've ridden against, mm. and. Um, He's doing a really good job, but it's just getting those people at a young age that want to be involved in racing. You know, like um, it, it, it's it's pretty pretty hard when you've got to get up at four o'clock every morning and um, you, you're in the wet and, and rain and, and it's cold. So yeah. I, I just, you know, it, it's, it's it's not really inviting for a lot of people. So it's and a lot less and less. Um, how would I say, family members that have been in racing for years. Mm. That's sort of pushing their kids away from that side of things. Like, I've, it sounds a bit selfish, but I've, I've asked my kids if they want to ride horses, and it's quite good. They both said no, you know? Mm, yeah. um, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure if I had a farm or something like that, that they'd, they'd be riding around on a horse rather than a motorbike. But, hey, that they had their own choice later in life. They wanted to decide that they want to go down a path of being a jockey or a trainer will put on them. Yeah, no, look, you're right, Leith. The landscape has changed about the personnel in the industry and you know, the goalposts have shifted a wee bit. Can you, on the on like glass half full, is there a young rider that you know is going to be a star? Like, I mean, Sam Weatherly, you can't really call him a young rider anymore because he's a Group 1 rider and, and he's doing a hell of a job, but I think he's got an important job over the next decade. But is there someone that's young that you you are impressed with and you do, you know, you, you enjoy riding against? Um, Probably... Joe Camerudum, he's mm. he's riding for Tiakau. He he's um, look, he's light. Um, I know he's got a brother that's coming over soon from Singapore as well, and apparently there's a bit of a rap on him. But it, it's it's hard to sort of pick one out because um, to be like, not being rude, but there, there is a bit of a lack of them coming through. Mm. Hey, Lethal, just one more question for me before I throw to Izzy. Just, um, you got any last words of, uh, that you want to say to the racing game and maybe thank some people, or do you have a do you have a, yeah, hey, a, look, a, a an out? Look, um, obviously every trainer that supported me, I always want to thank them, and I've had I've had a, a lot of support, and look, I've ridden some really really good horses. Hey, it, there'll be quite a few out there that probably quite happy that I'm retired because I've slaughtered their horses or whatnot. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, I can't individually thank everyone right now, but hey, I'll be doing my best in the future to reach out and just give them a heads up and a thanks. Good man. Well, Lethal, before we let you go, mate, I retired. My first meal was a pie. I've turned into a pie. <laughs> 
What are you going to eat, mate? Oh, mate, I'll go uh, all of the above, I reckon. Um, I'm certainly not going to um, jump on the scars for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you don't mind a quick little drive through? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't mind a bit of KFC sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well earned, Lethal, mate. You're an absolute champion. You've done some great things. Before we let you go, give us a little winner. Oh, <laughs> give us a winner, mate. Lead us into I something. Uh, even, oh, I, I haven't even looked at the fields, but um, hey, if I was riding in Australia this week, even though she, she wouldn't have got my weight, there's a horse called Let's Be Glam. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully she gets a draw this week, but she's. Um, She's um she was drawn the outside gate. She didn't get a run last week, but um she's actually she's she's humming at the moment. Yeah, you said that, Leith, and we're very excited to see her go around. And it's probably a blessing she didn't run last week as well. Hey, um, thanks for your time, exactly. mate. Thanks for your time. Uh, hey. Thanks for all your winners and thanks for your career. Yeah, it's mate. been really fun to watch, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you a lot more now. You're on the sidelines, and you can tip us a winner a week, mate. <laughs> honestly. Good luck, because now you're retired, they are going to bag you, hound you, get you to I do know, everything. Mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, cheers, boys. Thanks, oh, Lethal. Good man, Lee. Oh, Lethal. He is a character. He's, look, and from a pundit's perspective and a racing fan's perspective, he's a legend, and he's just been so fun to watch. You'll never have an issue backing Leith in a big race. It's a massive plus, and there's not many jockeys, as he said, that there is a plus when they get put on in a big race in New Zealand. Um, awesome shout out to Joe Cameroodin mm. and Joe's been like he had a lot of nice horses with Jamie that he was riding but he was also riding the Tamatiaka slower ones and he's always given them a chance so really exciting to hear that he's got a brother coming out and exciting for Leith's future great to catch up with him boys he's a good man eh Kimby? Oh mate he is I've known him since he was a teenager Leith so 44 just going back and man that's been a long a long, uh, illustrious career. Thirty, mate as an owner you, were, you hope to get one group mm. one you know riding 31 group one winners Unbelievable. Well, yeah. there's not many that have done it. You know, Mickey Coleman, Leith, Lance, J-Mac, obviously, Opie, mm. um, Noel Harris, David Walsh. Mickey um, Walker. Mickey Walker. Mm. Yeah, I don't mm. know how many. He probably wouldn't have that many. 25 I had looked last Oh, 25. He's, yeah. he's up there. Yep, so he's up there. But, mm. you know, that's the sort of company we're talking about. Mm. And it's, uh, it is elite. Sorry, I was just going to say, now the work really starts. You think when you retire, you know, you're relaxing, you're <laughs> retired, you've earned retirement, mate, that list is just going to get bigger and bigger. You know, really, well, well, he's not country clueless. He's not farm. It's <laughs> really interesting. Like, back in back in the days when they were teenagers, they used to have a heap of jockeys um, wanting to ride. You know, like in Alan's house when I was, when Leith was a teenager, Alan's house had Brett Scott, yep. the, the, jump stro- the best jump jockey I think we've ever had, Mickey Walker, Matthew Cameron, yep. all under the same roof, you know, learning learning their their trade. So, um, yeah, it's really. I think I think Leith should really get stay in the game. We talk about grassroots and community sport a lot on this show, and hey, something that's ignited passion and a lot of engagement has been the under eighty fives competition that New Zealand Rugby has fully endorsed and are really getting behind. An exciting announcement that the final, and we know the Carisbrook bush pigs, we know about their bender that went for like 18 days. Imagine this, the final of this year's competition is going to be the curtain raiser for the September Test match against Argentina in Hamilton. Wow. How much would the bush pigs love that setup if they get there again to go back to back? In studio with us, they're down the corridor. It's great to have him in. It's Steve Lancaster. He's the GM of Community Rugby at New Zealand Rugby. Morning, Steve. Great to have you in here. Yeah, morning. It's great to be here. Thanks. Oh, exciting news, mate. Under 85s, we've had a, a caller and a texter on the text machine. 
He's from the Grammar Tech Tani Fars, and he listens. He plays for the under 85s, mate. So that's a huge announcement. How'd this come about? Well, it's something we've been working on for the last three years, to be honest. Uh, yeah, fr- right from the start of this competition, we've, we've been really keen to play the final um, at, at an event of significance or a venue of significance. So the first year, uh, the final was played at Eden Park as a curtain raiser to, to an NPC game. Um, last year, we played the game at the foot of Mount Taranaki, and, and um, both, both of those games televised live on Sky, and um, the goal has always been to get a curtain raiser to an All Blacks test, and so we've scored it this year, which is awesome. Just tell us a little bit about, um, which, which is a question on everyone's lips around the provinces, the Silver Lake deal and what that does for community rugby as well, uh, Steve. You know, the, the, 80, the 85 kilogram competition's great, but for communities, what does this mean? Well, the, 85, the under-85s comp's probably a really good example of the type of thing that we'd be, we'd be able to invest in more. Um, so, yeah, we're really keen to ensure that the game reflects um, the, the, the needs and wants of, of our participants. Things like the under-85 grade, um, shorter formats, mm. uh, more snackable options, um, better environments for, for participants to play in, um, greater ability to connect through social media, digital uh, technology. Um, all of those things will, will become uh, much more viable for us um, with Silver Lake's investment in in the game. Mate, it's gaining a lot of traction. So you're under 85s. We've had many callers and some great callers and people that have been able to participate. But for you as at NZR and you're part of the community, what's some other ideas and, and, and innovating things that you're going to potentially have coming up in the future to install that all ages and sizes can participate in the great game of rugby? Yeah, well, one thing we'd like to do with the Under-85 Cup is to, to grow it beyond a New Zealand format. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, well, do you pick a national team? Do you host a World Cup? Um, and, and nothing's off the table as far as we Shiny trophy, is it? I wouldn't touch that, <laughs> <laughs> After the call we had last year from the Bush Peaks. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but also, you know, we're looking um, really hard at the teenage space, at secondary school rugby. So, again, COVID's made things challenging the last couple of years, but we're, uh, we're, we're looking at things like... Um, tournament week um, competition formats non-contact grades um, continuing to grow uh, women's and girls rugby so th- all of those things are on the horizon Also we've got Steve Lancaster he's the GM of Community Rugby for New Zealand NZR we've got a few text messages one from Jeremy can we move Super Rugby out into separate private entity and have New Zealand Rugby focus on All Blacks NPC and Community Rugby Ooh, Wow Ooh, that's, wow, a, that's, that's <laughs> a technical question <laughs> um, you're probably asking the wrong person but look the the, the reality for us is that the whole business is integrated and for a long time we've maintained that um, one of our real strengths as a country and as a nation is that the game is integrated from top to bottom so it would be a huge step for us to, to look to separate those. So you're talking about the strengths, what about the weaknesses out in the community, what are they? Well, um, teenage retention has been a, 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 you know, a, mm. an issue for, for quite some time. It's not a new challenge, but it's a challenge that we continue to face. And as you know, young people have uh, increasing range of options available to them, we, we have to work even harder to keep them engaged in sport. We know sport's good for people, um, but that's one of our big challenges. Um, the growth of, um, of women and, and girls' participation in the game is a, a challenge that comes with a massive opportunity. So as we're seeing the makeup of our playing population change, we need to ensure that the game keeps pace with that, that our infrastructure keeps pace. Facilities, so eh? So yep. you've got your own changing rooms, you've got your you know, safe environment to be in when you've got two genders playing. Both codes, rugby leagues are same. We trying to yep. find that um, a solution to that problem as well. Um, mate, the community buy-in in and around this 85 kilogram competition, is it across the country? Yeah, it is. Good question. So um, we've seen the, that the competition grow from 19 teams three years ago in its first year to 47 teams this year. Awesome. We've got 12 Ooh. provincial unions represented. Not all of those provincial unions 
have under 85 grades, so we're seeing combination teams. The Bush Pigs are a great example <laughs> last year. Uh, Hawks Bay have got one this year. There's five teams from, from Canterbury uh, this year, but they don't have an under-85s grade. So um, we're seeing this competition really fostering the growth of that, that grade across the country. Yeah, no, that's very cool, Steve. Hey, this one's probably right in your wheelhouse. It's Jono from Pakaranga who says it's the greatest club in New Zealand, and they do a good job out there, don't they? The Silver Lake investment provides much-needed investment to community rugby, but how will New Zealand or how would New Zealand rugby ensure it's put to good use? How would it be allocated, and who would be in direct charge of the spending within the local game? And I think that's probably every club clubs in every industry you know mm. it's great to have the funding but how do we know it's going to the best place yeah I, I think there's about four questions in that question but I'll try yeah. to answer that um, <laughs> answer I, the lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look the the bottom line is that we've, we've been intent right from the outset that this um, this opportunity and, and this investment must benefit the community game and so we've spent much of the last two years working on how we ensure that happens how we as the um, the custodians of the game ensure that the whole game benefits not just uh, you know one aspect of the game so um, there, there there are um, short-term stakeholder investments within uh, the transaction that will flow directly to provincial unions into community clubs and we're working with the provincial unions as we speak on um, how those investments will flow and how we ensure that they flow directly to the intended recipients and for the purpose that we want. Um, there's also a legacy fund um, component which is yeah. essentially an endowment that will be established uh, primarily to benefit the community game. The provincial unions will have significant say um, in the decision making and administration of that fund and that will um, set up for um, perpetuity the ability to invest in our community game. Um, how do you? How do you? Are you having a bit of pre- presence in the schools at the moment? Um, I've, I'm hearing a lot of conversations about clubs, and you spoke about trying to retain these teenagers. So when they leave school, they're going into the clubs. At the moment, they're skipping that, and they're not really filtering through the clubs. Is there a bit of an emphasis on that at the moment, from, from your point of view? Yep. So we're. Uh, yep. So as I said earlier, you know, teenage retention is a real challenge, but also ensuring that we preserve that integrated model where players progress from their schools through their clubs, their provincial unions, and ultimately onto to higher honours. Um, it's not easy. You know, yeah. working in that space is, is really challenging. Um, but we're trying stuff. We're, we're working hard alongside um, school sports bodies, the schools themselves, and the provincial unions, uh, and it's constant work on. Tell me, Steve, what is the what is the one thing that you know you need to implement in the community to make sure that the volunteer at the heart of clubs remains strong? Well, I, I could I could probably give you a list as long as my arm, but I'll pick one, and that <laughs> is to to make life a bit easier for them, right? Yeah. So at the moment, as a volunteer in the community game, I, I look at what we've been through in the last two years with COVID, and I think, why on earth would anyone want to volunteer yeah. to try and run this thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, there's just been so much asked of them, and there are people who are giving their time freely to contribute to their communities, and so. The one thing we could do, and, and again, it's something that we're looking at and, and continually assessing, is how do we make it easier for people to volunteer? How do we ask less of them? Technology will play a big part in that. And again, that's where, you know, um, you know if, if we get the right outcome tomorrow at the SGM, we'll have an ability to invest more in that space. Yeah, yeah it's a huge day tomorrow, it really Ooh, is. Big but, day. But, like, the, the things you're doing, say, for, for example, let's use the under 85, for example. If the product's good and people are loving it, it makes it easier for people to come and volunteer, right? They're there for the right reasons. And that's yeah. where innovating with the these sorts of competitions is so important. This weekend, I know it's a, a pretty big weekend, so they've got a big round, like almost a magic round type thing, don't they, for the under-85s? Yeah, yeah, and that's, again, that's something that we try to do every every season is sort of have this this big round where all the teams are playing or as many teams as possible. So uh, if you're interested in checking out a bit of under-85 rugby, this is a good season to do so. There'll be lots of games. Happening. Hey, Steve, I've been an advocate for um, oval ball sport being played at one club. 
Okay, so I don't take a rugby league, wear a rugby league hat, a rugby union hat, a AFL hat, a touch hat, a tag hat. I wear an oval ball hat. Does the rugby union see that model where one oval ball represents communities like mine in Waitara, for instance, where all of our kids play all of those sports housed in one place? Um, short answer is probably yes, uh, we do in time. You know, it's undeniable that um, the system is moving towards consolidated facilities, the hub model. Uh, there's some great examples around the country. Uh, Puniki and Wellington is one that springs to mind where you've got multiple sports operating out of one venue. Uh, it makes life on the administrators easier. 100%. Uh, it makes it easier to um, cover the overhead because you've got multiple sports that are bringing money into the facility and into the club. Um, and, and look, we're not precious about rugby for, you know, rugby for rugby's sake or rugby at the exclusion of others. We, we're really open to working with other sports. Uh, Balance is better. The Sporting Z programme is probably a good example of that where we've worked with other sports, including rugby league, um, to grow sport as a whole. Yeah, Massive initiative. Appreciate your time, Steve. We'll catch up again soon. Yeah, good week. Thanks, guys. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.